And welcome to Ray Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me today on J Root Radio. For those of you who are new listeners, here's what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. This is a live show, February 16th, 2017. You might be hearing this on Monday night, and therefore it is a rebroadcast for you. But in any case, today's show is an important show. Thank you for joining me today. We have so much to talk about. However, I want to start today with a really, really interesting story that might have happened to you. Maybe it has happened to you, ladies. Maybe it will happen to you. It could go either way. Here is story number one. You know, your anniversary is coming up. Yes. Anniversaries are supposed to be celebrated. Yes, it's a Ratzon Hashem to celebrate anniversary, to connect to your husband. It's a very important, nice, not just nice, it's an opportunity to connect. So you know what? You listen to Rabbi Greenfield's shows, so you decide that you are this year going to give your husband instructions. You are not going to wait for the anniversary and then hopefully hope that he remembers but instead, you are going to give him instructions because a man is a man and men forget. So you just sort of like tell him, oh, by the way, I- I'm sure you remember. I'm just letting you know that in two weeks is our anniversary. And he looks at you and he's like, what? Anniversary? Like, yeah, anniversary. It's in two weeks. And you're like, he looks at you and says, yeah, 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 of course it's in two weeks. So you say to him, I'm sure you're like preparing and you're thinking about it. And he's like, yeah, 100%. Uh, of course I am. And you look at him and you're like, okay, he doesn't have a clue. And it's a good thing that I told him because he is so out to lunch. But you know what? In any case, you say to yourself, I told him. Now he knows. And then you think to yourself a week later and you're thinking to yourself, does he remember our anniversary is next week? Like, does he even care? Is this thing's important to him? Like, I really, really don't know. So you decide, you know, listen to Rabbi Greenfield again, and you say, you know what? I'm going to remind my husband again. And the reason I'm doing this is for the past several years, he usually forgets. And when he forgets, I usually get him something, and then he sort of remembers last second and always gives me an excuse. Yeah, I was going to buy you something. I was at a jewelry store. I was here. I was that. But I wasn't sure. And then he always like waits till the next day and he always gets me something that I'm not really happy with. And then he forgets a card. And even the card that he gets me, it's like he doesn't really write anything in it. It's so, so like meaningless. This year, I want it to be good. So this year, you prepare yourself and you say to yourself, I am going to do what Rabbi Greenfield says. I'm going to give my husband instructions. I'm going to remind him that it's our anniversary next week. Fine. So you do that, and week before you remind him again, he's like, of course, yeah. And you're like, I'm sure you're preparing, planning something. He's like, of course I'm planning. Of course, we're going to go out. You know what? We're going to go out. You're like, wow, we're going to go out. That's nice. doesn't always do that for me. Sometimes he just gives me something, and this year he's taking me out. That's great. Fine. Comes the next week, and you are now... Like, okay, you're excited about it. So you go out, you look for something for him, and you are buying him a card, and you write something really beautiful. And it's hard. It's not always right. To, it's, oh, it's not always easy to write a nice card, especially if things are not going well in your marriage. Hopefully, those of you who are listening to me, things are going good in your marriage. And then when you're writing the card to your husband, it's really not so difficult. You just... You know, your heart pours with love and it just all goes on paper. But sometimes when things are not going so good, so uh, it's hard to write a card. But you know what? You write the card and you're expressing your love and how 
you're happy and lucky, you're a zocha to have your husband as a husband, and you're all prepared, you're thinking of what you're going to wear because your husband says he's going to take you out, and then comes the next week, anniversary night. Anniversary night, and you already prepared the babysitters and everything, and your husband comes home, and you are sure that he is ready. I mean, you, you warned him ready two weeks before. You warned him You warned him a week before. So now it's like, hello, I don't care what happened in the past. I'm sure you're ready. You know there's an anniversary tonight. So he comes home. Your husband comes home. He comes home that night, and he comes in huffing and puffing, and he's coming in, and he goes into the kitchen, and your heart starts beating because you're like feeling like my husband doesn't remember. So I gave him two warnings over here. I'm sure he remembers. And he walks into the kitchen as if like he's ready for supper, and he's taking you out. So what's going on here? He's waiting for you to make him supper. And you come down, and he looks at you, and you look like, oh, I see you're all dressed up. And, and you're like, yeah, of course I'm dressed up. It's our anniversary. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course it's our anniversary. Of course we're going out tonight. And you see like how his brain is like working 5,000 miles an hour trying to figure out what he's going to do because he totally forgot, totally forgot. Can you imagine? He totally forgot. And now you're like, I don't believe this. I've done everything. I've given him instructions. I gave him the warning and everything and everything and everything. And he like doesn't remember. But you're just going to go with the flow. You're going to be my vata, right? Let things go. Here are my shows. You let things go. You're being my vata. Fine. And you're just going to, you know, he's going to play the game as if he knows. And you say to him, okay, great. Are you ready to go out? He's like, sure, of course I'm ready to go out. And he's like in his work clothes because your husband, let's say, works, you know, he does, he does, he does work that involves, you know, his hands and stuff and his clothing. He's, and he's like, oh, let's go. And you're like, you're going to go like that? You're like, he's like, no, 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 actually, yeah, I'm going upstairs. I'm going to change. Yeah, yeah. I'm going upstairs. Score, of course. And you're like, oh, Kaddish Baruch Such nisiyayness you give me. Ayah Kaddish Baruch Fine. But in any case, what you do is you wait for your husband. He goes up, he comes down, and you both get into the car. And he gets into the car, and he's like, wow, it's our anniversary. This is so nice. And you look at him, and you're like, you know where you're taking me, right? I'm sure you know where you're taking me. This is not like whatever. He's like, yeah, of course I know where I'm taking you. Um, actually, I was actually, I was going to ask you, was there any place you want to go? Um, and you're like... I don't believe this. I, I just don't believe this. This is not normal. Like, this happens every year. He forgets. And it's like, the, and I reminded him this time, and, and he's like playing a game, but you're Mavater. You're Mavater. You're Mavater. So you say to him, no, I really, it doesn't make a difference wherever you want. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. We're going to go, yeah, we're going to go to a very nice restaurant, the one you like, you know, in the city, uh, whatever restaurant it is. And you're like, okay, that's good. And now you're starting to think maybe he really prepared this, maybe he planned this, who knows. And then he's like, oh, I actually have to stop for a second. I have to get gas. I'm like, oh, he has to get gas. Okay, okay. He has to get gas. Like, <laughs> like seriously? All right, fine. So he has to get gas. So he stops, and he has to get gas. And, of course, he can't go to a full-service station. got to go self-service station because I want to save a couple of bucks. So he goes outside, and he starts pumping the gas. And now he comes back in, his hands will smell from gasoline. And, like, whatever. You're not going to make a big deal out of it. He's like, oh, actually, can you hold on a second? You mind a second? I just want to go back inside. I want to get a little something to eat. And you're like, get something to eat? Like, hello, like, we're going out to eat. Why do you need to get something to eat? He's like, do you want anything? You're like, no, I don't want anything. So fine, he goes in, and you're waiting for him. 
and waiting for him and waiting for him. And this is the night of your anniversary. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't believe this. Like, I, I warned him again and again about this. And, and here we are. Like, I'm giving him a chance. I don't get this. I just don't get this. Fine. And he goes and he's and he's buying something. And he finally comes back in the car with something, some sort of wrap Danish or something that he, he opens up and he offers you and he eats. And you're just taking deep breaths and you're saying, Hashem, 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 I love you. I'm sure there's a reason for all of this. Fine. And what happens, ladies? What happens is that he takes you to the city. And on the way, he doesn't talk to you. There's nothing to talk. It's like, <laughs> hello, you're not going to talk to me? Like, It's one thing every night. But now you're not going to talk to me? It's like our anniversary night. You're sure? like, you're driving with him to the city. And there's traffic. And instead of talking to you, he, he starts listening to the radio, to the not to J. Root, because that would be. <laughs> but he's listening. And you're like, is that <laughs> And then every time you stop, he takes out his phone, he looks at his text. And you're like, uh, okay, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, is this like every woman has a life like this? This is really not normal. Fine. So what you do is you are just like, you know, you're being a mavata, you're not saying anything. You finally end in the city. He does take you to this really nice restaurant that you really like. If you always want then what he does is he finds some parking on the street which is like seven blocks away and it's raining and you didn't bring your umbrella, it's a new shade though. Oh forget about it. And you come in to the restaurant. She says to your husband, do you have reservations? And your husband's like, reservations? Uh, sure, sure, I have reservations. Uh, the name is Goldberg. And you, you could tell he's making this up. He never had reservations. He totally forgot about your anniversary. This whole thing's on the fly. And you're like, okay, this is embarrassing right now. And he starts telling you, yeah, he's telling you this age, yeah, we had reservations. What do you mean? I called before. And he's starting to play his game. It's not going to work. You know it's not going to work because the place is packed. The place is packed. There are nine couples behind you and you're like this is really uncomfortable a and it's back and forth the major league goes back looks in her book and she's like well we don't really have room if you want you could come back in about an hour and he turns to you and he's like do you want to wait and you're like like what am i supposed to say what am i supposed to say to you like at this point you're thinking like, what am i supposed to say to you like do i want to wait it's our anniversary night i warned you about this and and and, and, and do i want to wait like i was totally ready like, the gift I want to give you, I don't want to give you anymore. Like, what do you want? What do you want? Fine. So what happens is, what happens is you turn to him and you're like, you know what, let's forget it. Let's just go anywhere. He's like, so fine. You get back into the car and again, it's raining and you're walking on the street and he didn't bring an umbrella. And it's just like crazy. It's crazy. You finally get it back in your car. And he's like, so where do you want to go? And you're like, at this point, anywhere. I really don't care. I, I really, really don't care. Fine. So what does he do? He, he, he looks online, he goes onto his phone, tries to find places online, and he just doesn't know what to do. He's desperate. He's, and you're like, just, just take me anywhere. I don't care. I don't care. Take me anywhere. It's fine. So he decides that he's going to take you to a fast food, like a, like a I don't know if it's around there, like a kosher delight type of place. Okay? Do they still have that? I don't know. You'll text me after the show. 
So he takes you to like a kosher delight type of place. It's like a fast food place. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, anniversary. <laughs> I was thinking candles, a nice romantic something. And here we are. It takes me to a kosher delight. Fine, but you're, you're a bimavater, right? Bimavater. Takes you to the kosher delight. You're at the kosher delight, and he's like, what do you want? You're like, I don't know, whatever, I don't care, whatever. Like, you lost your appetite. You're like, whatever, okay, fine, I'll just have, I don't know, have, uh, you gave me the Chinese, whatever, it's fine. So he gives you his phone, and you're coming, and you come to the table, and there are no tables, and you're waiting for the table. You finally sit down like this, like, table, and there are other people and other tables. So you have to, like, move it, push, left the table away, so this way it's like a split, so you could sort of sit by yourself with your husband, and there's, like, a group of, like, college kids and the other table, and they're all laughing hysterically, and it's, it's place is really not clean, and it's like, you can't believe it, and you're all dressed up, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know, you're just so disappointed, for lack of a better term, disappointed with everything with your husband. And then you're like thinking, like, should I give him the card? I wrote him such a beautiful card. Like, I really don't feel it right now. I don't feel it. I don't want to give it to him. I, 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 I don't want to give him the card. I don't feel like I want to give him this card. Like, what should I give him my card that I love him so much? Like, I, I, how much? I, I don't. I don't. I don't have it in me now. I really don't. Fine. And then you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll fight myself. So you say to yourself, okay, fine, I'm just going to give him the card anyways. It's just, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing. And then you're like, you know what, I actually have a card for you. So you take out the card and you give it to your husband. And he looks at it and you see he's like very nervous. He's just very, very nervous. Like he, he can't focus on you, on the card, anything. He opens the card and he looks at it and you can tell like he's not really reading it. And you spend so much time writing this card. So much time writing this card. And you can tell that he is not reading the card because he's like literally glancing at it for exactly five seconds. And he looks at you and he's like, oh, thank you so much. Such a beautiful card. And you're like, he, he didn't. The card. He didn't. He didn't. And then he says to you, he says to you, oh, you know, I, I really, I'm not feeling, I have a stomachache. I have to use the bathroom. And you're like, what's with this guy? And, and, and he goes like, and you're like, where are you going? He's like, Oh, the bathroom here is taken. I, I'm going to go across the street to the bathroom. And you're like, okay, fine. Fine, whatever. Like, what are you supposed to do now? So you take out your phone and you're just texting someone randomly because this is not normal. You just, like, want to cry. And then what happens is he goes across the street and you're like, what's he doing? And it takes time. It doesn't come back. And then he finally comes back after, like, ten long minutes. And you can tell he bought something. And then he, like, he's like, oh, you know what, by the way, like after like another two minutes, he's like, by the way, you know, I also have a card for you. And you're like, okay, okay, no, Hashem, please, please, no, 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 I, I don't want his card now. I don't want his card. I really don't. Not, have, not a night like this. He just went out to buy it across the street. I know, like he's telling me he's going to the bathroom. He went across the street to buy this card. I, I am so not interested in this. This is like our anniversary night. Everything was supposed to go right. Everything is going wrong. He doesn't care about me. He's going to give me his card. Like, like, okay, you know, maybe he wrote something nice in it. Maybe he just wrote something. Maybe he knows that every year I tell him it's so important for me to write something in it. Maybe this time he wrote something in the card, something loving, something caring, something like something. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have this card. You know, I prepared for you a long time ago. And like, as he says, like he's trying to hold the bag that he bought it in. It's like it drops out of his coat. And you can tell like he just bought this card. Like this is so, so ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'll be bought a pen to write something in it. And, and and the card is nice, okay, it's a nice card, and it's like, 
well, happy anniversary, this and that. And you open it up, and you're like just wishing, I hope you wrote something in this, not just love, whatever it is. And you open up the card, and forget about love your husband. Nothing! Nothing! There's nothing written in it! He's like, yeah, I didn't really get a chance to write anything in it, but this is really what I mean. At this point, you are so livid. You are so livid. You are like, you know what? Shlomo, let's call him Shlomo. I hope there aren't Shlomos who are listening to me now. Shlomo, honestly, let's just go home. Let's just go. He's like, why? But but we're having such a nice time. I'm enjoying myself. I mean, with you here in Kosher Delight, it's so nice in Manhattan. And you're like, no, no, really, I, I think it's best we just go home now, okay? Thank you. I really appreciate it. Let's just go home. Let's just go home. You are so angry. You are so angry. Like, you just, like, and you're controlling yourself. You are controlling yourself. You know I'm not losing it. I'm not losing it. You are so angry. My husband is so disgusting. He so doesn't care about me. He so doesn't think about me. He's so into himself. He is so selfish. This is ridiculous. This is retarded. I don't believe I married this man. That is story number one. But wait, there's story number two. I don't know where your marriage fits into this, but story number two. Story number two is as follows. What happens? Same exact story. Your husband, anniversary, he always forgets. And you, and you, you, know, you never reminded him. You're always expecting for him to remember. And you always remember. You always get him something nice. And then he always waits till afterwards. And he doesn't write you anything in the card ever. It's just like he doesn't, nothing, nothing. No presents on time. He gets you presents later. Things that you don't really want. Like... You don't like costume jewelry. He thinks you like it. Like you asked him, even get you something cheap that's real, but not costume, whatever costume jewelry. In any case, the bottom line is that you gave him a chance. You listen to our big Greenfield shows. You're going to give your husband instructions. So this year, what do you do? You decided that you are going to give your husband instructions. Two weeks before the anniversary, you say to your husband, by the way, I'm sure you remember, but our anniversary is actually coming up in two weeks. And he looks at you and he's like, yeah, of course I remember. Of course, it's in two weeks. And you're like, what's it? Yeah, you know what date it is, right? And he's like, yeah, it's uh, February 30th. You're like, no, it's 31st. Yeah, yeah, it's right, man, 31st. Okay, fine. You know what? Whatever. He's a man. It's fine. Next week, a week before the anniversary, you said, I am going to be different this time. I am not going to do what I did the other years. I'm listening to everybody. I'm giving my husband's instructions. Same thing. You say to him, you know what? Our anniversary is next week. And he's like, anniversary next week? Sure, I remember. And you're like, you don't know. He didn't remember, didn't remember. But the same exact thing this time. Same exact thing. You're trusting him. You went out to buy him a card. You wrote something really beautiful. It was hard. It was hard. Maybe it wasn't so hard this time. But you know what? Whatever. You wrote a card. Nice, beautiful card. You do mean it. And you bought him a gift. Hopefully he'll like it. And he told you he's going to take you out. So you're trusting him. He's going to take you out. And what happens is, you don't know, he is going to take you out, he's not going to take you out, but you know what, you're going to get ready, you're going to get dressed, it's going to be nice, it's going to be beautiful. Fine. What happens? What happens is, the night of your anniversary, lo and behold, your husband, you got ready, you're all ready to go out, and you're waiting for your husband to come, and you don't know. What's going to happen? And you're a little bit scared. You're a little bit scared. Like, is he going to remember? He's not going to remember? Because if he doesn't remember, I'm going to feel really horrible about myself. Like, I just got ready and everything. And oh, my husband's like, whoa. So what happens is, lo and behold, your husband comes. You hear the door, you hear the door open. And you're like, uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Your husband comes home. And this time he comes home. And he's like 
dressed in a suit. You're like, my husband dressed in a suit. This is so weird. Like, why is he dressed in a suit? And he's like, hi, Miriam, Rachel, whatever. He says, we're going out, right? And he's like, yeah, of course. You're like, you ready? He's like, well, I need a couple of minutes. He's like, no problem. Take your time. And you're like, whoa, whoa, this is a little different. I'm not used to this. He's all dressed up. He's ready to take me out. I guess he knows where he's going. You're excited, but a little bit nervous because you don't really know what's going to happen. And then what happens is you go up and, uh, you know, put the kids to sleep, speak to the babysitter. Babysitter, you know, worked it all out with her. You come back down. And your husband's standing there, and, and you're about to go. And he's like, you know, maybe you want to take an umbrella? You're like, why? He's like, I think it might be raining. You want me to get an umbrella for you? And you're like, whoa, he's being so nice. He wants to, he's offering to get me an umbrella. And you're like, he's like, yeah, if you want, I'll get it for you. And he runs, and he looks through the coat closet, and he finds you an umbrella. And he says, here, here's an umbrella. And you're like, wow, thank you. I appreciate that. That's very thoughtful of you. That's very thoughtful of you. And you come outside. You go outside, and what do you see? This, this is very weird. You see a limousine. It's parked in front of your house. And you're like, okay, this is definitely not my husband. My husband does not do these things. I don't know if he can afford these things. He cannot do these things. And you see his limousine. It's parked in front of your house. And your husband, like, you know, so he's holding, it's raining and he's holding the umbrella together with you. He's walking together with you. And he's like, and you're like, where are we going? And he's like, oh, I ordered a car. Tonight, I figured I am going to pamper you a little bit. And you're like, okay. And you go into the limousine. And it's a beautiful limousine, and there's kosher snacks, and no alcohol, and the drinks that you like, and like there's a smoothie there, and you're like, this is not normal, this is not my husband, I don't know what's going on, like pinching yourself, hello, Hashem, please, am I, this is a dream, whatever, but you're like, okay, taking a deep breath because you can't believe what's going on. And the limousine takes you to the city, to your favorite restaurant, and it stops, and your husband walks out, and he opens up the umbrella, and he walks you to the restaurant, your favorite restaurant. And you come in there, and it's like, I hope my husband made reservations because he really does none of these things. But okay, you know, I'm sure he did it just right. I mean, it's a good night. And you come to the restaurant, and you come in, and the maitre d' is like, what's your name? And he, he says, you know, Goldberg. And you're like, oh, Goldberg, sure, a table for two. You're the one who called two weeks ago to let us know. Wow, that was a lot of that was very early. We don't have we usually never get such early reservations. And you're looking at him like, whoa, this is not normal. This is not normal. This is really not normal. My husband called two weeks before. Like he actually listened to me when I told him about the anniversary. Wow, wow. You're like, this is not normal. And you you're seated. They seat you at a table for two. And it's 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 candlelit. It's the, a beautiful, uh, delicious menu that you always want. You always want to go to this restaurant and delicious menu and you order and it's beautiful. And then what happens is you go after the meal. It's a beautiful meal. And it was just very weird because your husband actually shut off his phone and he spent time with you. He was telling you about his life. It was so nice. And then you told him about your life. Then you guys were able to just talk about other things. You actually were connecting. It was wow. It was really, really wonderful. And then you go outside. You can't believe this limousine and everything. You go back to the limousine. And he's like, okay, the limousine is not driving home now. And you're like, um, Shlomo, are you sure the guy knows where we're going? Because I don't think he's not driving to our house. He's like, like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We're, we're not. We're not going back to the house. You're like, what do you mean we're not going to the house? He's like, no, it's, you know, it's very cold here in New York. It's like 20, 30 degrees. I'll tell you what, I know this is going to sound really like 
not me, but I'm telling you, I arrange this. Don't worry about it. Like, wah, wah. You're like, actually, we're going to, Fl- we're going to Florida for a day. And you're like, whoa, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, I didn't pack anything. I, I, you're like, don't worry. Everything's packed. A suitcase has been packed for you already. Like, what do you mean a suitcase? Packed? No, I told your sister. She came over to the house. She already packed a suitcase for you. It's just one day. We're going for one night. And that's it. You're like, I, I don't believe this. But I work. I, I work. I, I have to go to work. Tomorrow. I, like, I spoke to your boss. We, I worked it out. But what about your work? I worked it out. Everything's worked out. And you're like, okay, I, I don't believe this. But I can't go to I, I can't go to the airport like this. Like I'm dressed like all fancy. I, I I can't. I have to. We have clothing for you. Everything's fine. And you just don't believe this. You don't believe this. This is not normal. This is a dream. This is your anniversary. I never had an anniversary like this. You know, it's your twentieth anniversary. But you never you know, think in your life this is gonna happen. And then you, you go to the airport and everything was already arranged. And you go to the plane and you go there to Florida. And he rented a beautiful villa for you. And it's like. You go in there, and he had someone already order an anniversary cake, and the anniversary cake is there for you, and you don't believe this. And then he's standing there, and you're in this villa, and it's like, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful, and you're there with your husband on your anniversary. You can't believe this is your husband. And then he pulls out a card. He pulls out a card, and he gives you the card, and you're like, you don't even like, like you feel so loved, so cared for. Like, who needs the card? And you take the card, and you look at the card, and indeed, <coughs> the card says a beautiful thing, and then it says, love, Moshe. Are you going to be bothered by the fact that he didn't write you something nice in the card? <laughs> it's a ridiculous question. Are you going to be bothered by the fact that you always write such beautiful things for him and he doesn't write anything beautiful in the card? Like, you're going to be upset at him? Like, he's this, like, really horrible person because he didn't write something in the card? Of course not. It's ridiculous. It's the last thing you're going to worry about. You're going to want to wake up. You're not going to believe this happened to you. But what do you mean? It's the same thing. In the Kosher Delight, also, he didn't write you anything in the card. There you got really upset, but here not. No, of course not. Because the difference is that in the Kosher Delight, you felt so unattached to him, so distant from him, so like he doesn't care about you, that you, you were like, you're ready to kill him. And here, here, in this scenario of the anniversary that I'm giving you right now, you feel so loved and taken care of, so connected, you're like... Like he doesn't even have to give me a card. The fact that he's giving me a card is like the the, the, the you know the 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 sprinkles on the cake. It, it's it's completely unnecessary. So, so what? What's pshat? What pshat? Let me tell you what pshat. This is very very important. This is what pshat. Pshat is like this. All this anger that is going on in your house is really masked distance. That's really what it is. Do you hear me, ladies? And I'm talking to the gentleman too. I'm sorry if I was hard on you tonight. But today, I say tonight, this day. Yes, today is day. This is a live show, okay? February 16th. Though you might be hearing it Monday night. And like this, all this anger that's going on is really, really masked distance. It's a disconnection. I feel you don't care. I feel you don't care. It's like you think I can't learn with the kids. I can learn with the kids. You know, I'll just, you know, I'll get an art school and I'll learn with the kids. I think the fact you didn't leave me money, you know what? I'll, I'll figure out some way. I'll borrow money from my sister. Or the fact that, you know, the socks are on the floor, or the fact that the meal wasn't ready on time, or the fact that um, the fact that you're you're playing with the, with the thermostat when I told you not to play with it, it's like, you know what? I could put a lock on it. But it's not the point. The point of the matter is, is that you are my husband. You're supposed to care and love me. And you know what? It works the other way around too. You are my wife. You are supposed to love me and care about me. And when 
the distance starts happening, the anger sets in. And the question is, how fast will the anger set in? It really, 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 it's a lot of reallys, right, depends on your sensitivity dial. What do I mean by sensitivity dial? We all have a sensitivity dial. And let me just, a, a small chazara for you for what I mean by the sensitivity dial. This is very important. Your husband or your wife has a sensitivity dial. Zero to three. Now, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about a dial. You know, you go into your car. If you have a car, you go into your car, and, and everybody has like a dial in the front of their car. For the AC, it's either low or it's high. Your spouse has a dial. It's a sensitivity dial. It's either a low or it's high. There are the zero to threes. The zero to threes are the people who are just very low. Their sensitivity is very, they don't care about anything. Anything goes. But it's not, you know, you think, oh, I'd love to be married to a man like that. No, you would not love to be married to a man like that. You're saying this, but why? Because those guys are completely laid back. They're not doing anything, completely unmotivated. Sure, they don't care, but they're in bed. They're not doing anything. They're not motivated. They're not going out to work. They're not buying presents for their wives. They're not fun to be with. Not as if that's so important. Let's talk about the important things. They're not learning with the kids. They're not motivated to say divrei Torah on the Shabbos table. They're not, you know, calling the rabbeim when there's a problem with your child in PTA. They're not. Those aren't those types of husbands. They're just laid back. Of course, you could say whatever you want to them also. And these are the same also from gentlemen. I'm talking to you too. Those wives also, they don't care. They don't care. The house is flying. There's clutter all over the place. It's the zero to threes. There are Milos and there are Chesronos, right? There's good and there's bad. Those are the zero to threes. Then you have the four to sevens. Now, the four to sevens, and I'm skipping to uh, the three to four, the three to fours are the transitions, where they transition sort of from the, from, the, from the zero to three to the four to sevens. The four to sevens are, I would say, the mainstream, most of us. There are exceptions, most of us, right? They're what? Not exactly, <coughs> excuse me, not exactly laid back, but not exactly hypersensitive either. Sometimes we could be hypersensitive. We have our hats on every once in a while. And sometimes we could be, <coughs> excuse me, laid back. We might be very tired and <coughs> I don't have time to talk to you now, let's say. But generally, we're somewhere between four and seven where, okay, you'll say something. I'm not always hurt with what you said, you know. So if I'll say to you, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll say to you, oh, I see you didn't have a chance to do the dishes last night. Sometimes that's going to upset me. Sometimes it's not going to be upset me. If I don't feel loved and cared for, if you haven't spent time with me, the woman might feel for a very If this is the first thing you tell me in the morning, it's going to annoy me. But if, in general, you're nice to me and good, okay, whatever, I'll let it go. I don't think it's nice to say that to your wife, but, you know, I'll let it go. Or if you're going to tell me, oh, you know, the baby's crying upstairs. Someone's got to change his diaper. It could be taken both ways, right? It could be taken in a way where the, <coughs> the baby's crying upstairs, so way number one is I would love to help you with the baby, but you know I have an aversion to diapers. So I'm sorry to make you crazy, and, 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 but I'm just, I don't know if you realize it. Maybes you didn't hear because I'm, I'm just coming from upstairs that the baby is crying. But if you don't have to go upstairs right now, it's fine. No rush. That's one way to take it, right? The other way to take it is, you know, I'm trying to do things upstairs. I'm actually texting someone very important, and the baby is crying. I can't concentrate on my text. And what are you doing here? What sort of important things are you doing in the kitchen? What are you, you're cleaning the floor? That's not important. Why don't you come upstairs and take care of the baby and help me out here? <laughs> different ways to take things, right? Isn't there ways to take things? Well, our obligation, by the way, is to be down the cuffs and always to take it in the good way. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. And it depends. So if you're a four to seven on the seven sensitivity dial, that's like, you know, you just have to work on yourself. You know, my husband doesn't mean that. He means it in a good way. I'm going to be my vater. Trying to make, try not to make an ASIC out of it. Okay, four to seven. Then you have the eight to tens. 
or let's say seven days. Seven days were sort of transitions into hypersensitivity. Like, you know, the six and seven are the very sensitive types. The seven to eight is the transition. I would say eight to nine is like the really hypersensitive. Eight to nine, like really hypersensitive. Anything you say to your spouse, she gets upset. Anything you say to your husband, he gets upset. Now, by the way, this happens to all of us when we have our hats on. I will tell you that. It happens to all of us. We can all hit that eight to nine hypersensitivity section. It's very, very possible. But what I'm telling you now is that the eight to nine is the people who are fixed there. They're like fixed on that dial from eight to nine. It's not their fault. We'll talk about it in a second, where it came from, how it happened. But they're fixed from eight to nine. I will tell you it's not easy living with such a person because it's like, I feel like I can't talk. I can't say anything without you getting upset. So that's the eight to nine. Then you have the nine to tens. The nine to tens are the ones who are literally, I hate to say this, but it's not there. I'm not blaming anybody. How it happened, it could happen through genetics. It can happen through whatever ways. But Nebuch, those are the people who are special needs people who are mentally ill. They might have an anxiety disorder. They might have, it might be a, a full-blown depression. It might be a half-blown depression. It might be a bipolar. It might be whatever it is. But those people who are mentally ill, and those people really should be treated. Those people should be treated, and there's a lot of good treatment for them, and they should be helped. But those types, of, when you're working with someone who has a mental illness, if that person is not being treated, in many cases, it's not, not possible to live with them. Not that there are bad people, it's just not possible. And please, please, when you're listening to me right now, don't think to me to yourself, oh yeah, that's my husband, that's my wife, you know, they're mental. Don't, don't. You know, believe you me, everybody many people get sensitive and there's a lot of pressure today, but let's not label people. That has to be done in a professional environment by a physician, etc. And to be labeled. But what I want to tell you right now is that it really, really, really all depends. It all depends on how sensitive you are. If you are being very if you are very if you're even if you're four to seven, right? But your husband has not spent quality time with you forever, 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 forever. He claims he does it. Even when he does, he's on his phone constantly texting. He can't get off his phone. It's like attached to his like, to 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 to, to his hand. His palm is like you put crazy glue there, right? And and again, <laughs> I'm talking to the ladies. I know Thursday I have most ladies listening to me, but you know what? I know Monday I have mostly men listening to me. It works the other way around. It is true, 100. percent I'm not saying that. There are many ladies who have their phone attached to them as well. And when we're sp to spend quality time, everything stops. Everything stops. You have to pay attention to your to your wife, to your husband. It's generally a male problem, though. I will say it generally is a male problem. To, 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 to turn off the phone, stop texting. But you know what? What happens is, what happens is when things happen, when an impasse occurs, when you're challenged with the feeling that he doesn't care, that's what it's all about. And, and I want to tell you something. I, you know, I'm so happy you're listening to me today. Wow. Why do I say wow? Because it's an important show. It's a really, really important show. Okay. Everything I'm telling you right now really is based on attachment theory. I, I, I want to tell you a little bit about attachment theory because it's important for you to understand. It's not like, you know, distance, emotional connection. A lot of the men who are listening to me be like, oh, come on, cut it out. You know, distance, emotional, emotional. Come on, let her just act normal to me. I want you to stop and I want you to listen to me, okay? This is very important. Attachment theory. Let me explain you what it is. It's a concept that, okay, attachment, I'm going to quote here. Attachment theory is a concept in developmental psychology that concerns the importance of attachment in regards to personal development. Specifically, it makes the claim that the ability for an individual to form an emotional and physical attachment to another person gives a sense of stability and security 
necessary to take risks, branch out, grow, and develop as a personality. Naturally, attachment theory is a broad idea with many expressions. And the best understanding of it can be had by looking at several of those expressions and turns. Now, John Bowlby is the one who coined the term. Before I tell you a little bit about John Bowlby, I just want to tell you something. Because you know, if I, I, I'm quoting here, but I want to tell you one very important thing. People speak about self-esteem, self-worth. That's so connected to, to sensitivity. And it is. It is. But many, many, many times, if not most of the time, there are exceptions, mental illness, illness etc. But many, many times, it's a direct link of attachment to sensitivity. It's a direct link. Bowlby was the first to coin the term. His work in the late 60s established the precedent that childhood development depends heavily on a child's ability to form a strong relationship with at least one primary caregiver. Generally speaking, this is one of the parents. Now, Bowlby's studies in childhood development and temperament led him to the conclusion that a strong attachment to a caregiver provides a necessary sense of security and foundation. Now, without such a relationship in place, Bowlby found that a great deal of developmental energy is expended in the search for stability and security. Do you get it? Meaning, if that relationship doesn't stand, if you don't feel an attachment, cares about me, is there for me. Now, of course, it starts with the child. Then what happens you're constantly constantly searching for stability. You're going to feel unstable. You're going to feel insecure about yourself. Someone's going to say something to you and you're, you're going to blow a gasket because you don't feel comfortable with yourself necessarily. In general, those without such attachments are fearful and less willing to seek out and learn from new experiences. By contrast, a child with a strong attachment to a parent knows that they have backup, so to speak, and tend to be more adventurous and eager to to new experiences. They feel better with themselves. They can take more risk. They're not going to take it so personally. Now, there's some basis in observational psychology here. The baby who's attached strongly to a caregiver has several of his or her most immediate needs met and accounted for. Consequently, they are able to spend a great deal more time observing and interacting with their environments. Thus, their development is facilitated, end quote. So what I'm saying to you here is that your children need to feel loved. I'm not just talking about your two-year-old. I'm talking about your five-year-old, your seven-year-old, and yes, even your teenager. Your children need to feel that their parents or parent, if you're a single home, loves them, cares for them, is there for them. Boys, the older boys, need to feel validated. They need to feel like, like, like you're machshev them, like you're machshev them. Very important for the fathers to be machshev their sons. Very important for the fathers to love their sons, but also that the, the girls feel loved and cared for and validated. It, it's, just, it, it's, it's part and piece of a healthy de- psychological development. That's what it is, and it has to exist. If it doesn't exist, what happens is there are going to be ramifications later on. There are going to be ramifications later on. Now, I don't want to blame the parents here, and I don't want you to walk away from this blaming the parents because you know a system is not just parents. System, you know, we live in many systems. There's parents there's school, there's friends, there's environment, and of course there's genetics. So it's very, very complicated. 
You know, because it's not just, you know, most of the time, a lot of the kids are not spending all day with their parents. They're spending a lot in yeshiva. And if the Rebbe is, is getting on your son's or daughter's case, a chenvei, right? And if the kids are bullying your son or daughter, that's also not good. So that can also have negative ramifications. But what happens is, is that this attachment is necessary. That's the theory. Detachment is necessary. Not just in infanthood, not just when the child gets older, adolescents, teenagers, but what's ha- what we're saying here also is that it actually extends itself. Where does it extend itself? It extends itself into adulthood. And that's where Sue Johnson comes in in emotionally focused therapy. That's where she comes in. And that's where, you know, she passes in and is a very, very powerful, for, powerful form of therapy, emotionally focused therapy, usually many therapists, that what? That it's not just, you know, a child, uh, uh, an adolescent, a teenager who needs to feel loved and cared for. It's, you know, it's that need we all have to get married. Why? Because we want to feel that someone's there for us, you know, both men and women. Definitely more by the women than men, but it's that feeling that someone is there for me, cares for me, the security, the attachment. And when I hear certain things from you, I feel you're not there for me. What's really happening is, and this, this is the core of it, I feel threatened. You hear? This is the word. I feel threatened. My attachment is now threatened. Hopefully there is an attachment in your house, and when it doesn't happen, the attachment feels threatened. Let me just sort of jump now to anger. This, you know... This would I would not do justice to this topic without giving you a definition of anger because this is also very, very, very important. I'm going to quote you here from the APA, the American Psychological Association, probably the most, I would say, reliable you know, um, organization. If we were going to find the definition of anger, here it is. Anger is an emotion characterized by antagonism towards someone or something you feel has deli- someone or something that has been done to you deliberately wrong. Anger can be a good thing. It can give you a way to express negative feelings, for example, or motivate you to find solutions to problems. I do things with this because it's not me. The Torah things, there's no room for anger. But excessive anger can be problems. Now, here's what happens, by the way. Increased blood pressure, other physical changes associated with anger can make it difficult to think straight and harm your physical and mental health. So what, so what are we saying? We're saying over here, and actually I'm going to even quote you from someone even better here, Raymond Avaco from the Encyclopedia of Psychology when he speaks about anger. The angry person usually finds the cause of their anger in an intentional, personal, and controllable aspect of another person's behavior. Okay? And what's really happening is that, and this is me talking now, is that we're feeling threatened. It's We're feeling threatened. Now, I'm going to quote again from you. This explanation, however, from him, however, is based on the intuitions of the angry person. This is the most important piece here. Let me just repeat. This explanation, however, is based on the intuitions of the angry person who experiences a loss in self-monitoring capacity and objective observability as a result of their emotion. Did you hear what I just said? Because maybe it's just a bunch of fancy words for you. But let me say this in simple English. What he's saying here, okay? This is a, a neuropsychologist. This is writing in this in the Encyclopedia of Psychology. This is not just a schmooze that pe- two people are having on, on 13th Avenue. What is being said over here is as follows. Nothing against 13th Avenue, by the way. What we're saying over here is that when you're angry, you can't assess. You can't really determine. You can't interpret. You hear me? 
You have your hats on. You're angry now. You are not in a state to determine what the person did to you, whether it was intentional or natural. Of course, you're going to feel. I'm going to feel like you harmed me. You did something bad for me. But we don't have the real state to do that. We can't rely on ourselves right then. Why? Because we lose the emotion. We lose any reliable self-monitoring capacity or objective observability. Anger can be a, a multi-causal origin, some, some of which may be remote events, but people really find more than one cause of their anger. But you know where this relates to in our particular relation, in our lives? Let me tell you what it relates to in our lives. Wherever you are on the sensitivity dial, or wherever your spouse is on the sensitivity dial, what's going to happen is your spouse is going to get you upset, and you're going to get very angry at him. You're going to get very angry at him. Why? Because, like, the story of the anniversary, he just, like, he doesn't care. He doesn't really care. He obviously doesn't care. Or whatever it is in the pirates, you know, we speak about pirates. Whether it's a pet peeve, we ask a million times, please don't stick your fingers into the salad in the middle of the meal. It's disgusting. The kids, it's like, you know, it's disgusting. You're really disgusting. You're not nice. You're not a nice person. That's what you feel when it's happening. Or, you know, it's an insult. He insults you in front of the kids and says, yo, mommy doesn't know how to make rugelach. Mommy doesn't really, she didn't make the challenge. She doesn't really know how to, like, what? That's not nice. That's not nice. See, you hear what I'm saying, by the way? That's not nice. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. That's not nice. Or request. You ask your husband a million times. You said you have to buy the kids shoes in the morning. He doesn't leave you money. It wasn't even the credit card. You could have taken a credit card. Like, you could have just, you know, you could borrow money, but he doesn't care. He obviously doesn't care about you. Or you come home. Okay? And not, I'm just, like, picking on the men now, but truth is, it goes the other way around also. Otherwise, around. Man comes home. His wife's on the phone. Like, she, like, he doesn't exist. Like, he doesn't exist. It's like, you know, like, obviously, you don't care about me. But it all has its roots. Most of this has its roots in attachment. Like, you just don't care. You don't care. Here's what I'm telling you. This is very important because we're running out of time. And that's like this. Don't tell that to your husband. Do you hear me? Don't tell that to your husband. You know, I hope you enjoyed the show. But this was a show. wasn't I mean, it's, it's entertaining, whatever. But the, that's not the point. That's the point. What's the point? The point is, don't blame your wife and don't blame your husband. Don't say to your husband, can I ask you a question? Do you think it's normal to, for a husband not to leave money for his wife in the morning? Do you think that's normal to have to beg you for money? Or don't be sarcastic to him either and say, oh, here we go again. Yeah, I, I knew I could rely on you. You know, I knew I could rely on you. Or feel my pain. How would you like it if, you know, if you needed something from me and I wouldn't take care of it? Or belittling, you're not normal. Don't do that. Don't do that. Try to be mevater. I'm telling you, try to let it go. That's what Hashem wants you to do. That's how you connect to HaKadosh Baruch Try to be mevater. If you can't be mevater, I want to tell you something. You might not be able to be mevater. It might be too hard for you. Because it's just like you feel really insulted. Let's talk about, for example, you know, in the morning, okay? Your, your husband comes in the morning and, and, and you're busy, like, you know, you're so busy. Ladies are so busy today, right? So much to do. And they have the first shift and they have the second shift and the third shift or whatever it is. And you're busy, ladies, right? And you're busy, like, with the kids and this and that. And you didn't do the dishes last night. You know, it's so crazy. You didn't do the dishes because you were hosting a Sheva Brachas for your husband's family. So you didn't do all the dishes. And he wakes up and all he sees by you, he says to you, oh, I didn't have a chance to do the dishes last night. I see you didn't have a chance to do the dishes last night. And you're like, like you feel like so like, like you're, you're so selfish. Like all you could think about is yourself. All you could think about yourself. This is really not nice. So you want to turn around to him and say to him, you know, why don't you just do it yourself? You know, do it yourself here. Go do it yourself. And then it becomes a full-blown fight. And you know what? You know what? I'm going to tell you now to be down like Havzchus, and he didn't really mean it. He just um, was a man, as whatever it is. But you know, 
when it happens, there's no way you listening to my show is going to convince you. It's not going to convince you. You're going to feel like he's just disgusting. That's what you're going to feel. Do not tell him that. Either be mavatar totally. If you cannot be mavatar totally, I'm telling you, bring this lexicon into your house. Say to him, I know you don't mean it, but I'm, I, I really feel uncomfortable with that comment. What, what do you mean? What is that? I know you don't mean it, but I, I don't know. I feel, really feel unappreciated by that comment. Now, what you really want to say to him is, you are disgusting. This is the first thing you have to say to me in, in the morning. You don't say to me good morning. Last night, you did not appreciate the fact that I made a shaver for your family. Now, all you can focus is on the dishes. Like, are you for real? Are you for real? Like, hello? Hello? Okay, I'm telling you, ladies, don't do that. Don't do that. Because I'm telling you, you just got into anger zone. You have your hats on right now. There's no way you can assess the situation. You know for sure that he's guilty. You know this for sure. You know this for sure. Now, sometimes he might be guilty. I'm not taking that away from you. But what I will tell you is that most times he's not. He's not. He doesn't want to get into a fight with you. I'm telling you, why would your husband want to get into a fight with you? It's like it's just silly. It's stupid, for lack of a better term. He's he wants to get into a fight. Yeah, let's let me pick on my wife now. Let's get into a fight with her. That's so much fun. No, he doesn't. He's just being a man, and he just notices the dishes, and he's like, oh, I guess he didn't have a chance to do the dishes. Sometimes is he upset about it because it's been happening forever, and this time he's not appreciating the shaver brachis. A lot of things are possible, but what Hashem wants from us at that point is to give us a bracha. That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants to bless us. He's giving you an opportunity. If you can't just be mavatir, I understand, I understand. You could say to him, I know you don't mean it, but I, don't know, I really feel uncomfortable with that comment. That's it. That's it. Why? What did I say? I don't know. What would I do? I, I really don't want to discuss it right now. Let's not discuss it. And then move on. And then move on. I know you don't mean it, but I really feel uncomfortable. If he is picking from the salad, let's go through the pet peeves. If he's picking the salad, and, he, and you ask him a million times, don't put your fingers like, Moshe, I, I, I know you don't mean it, but if... If you could just not pick from the salad, I'd really appreciate it. Because what you really want to say to him, it's disgusting. You're a disgusting human being. Like, how, what are you, an animal? You're sticking your face. <laughs> okay. I'm laughing over here. Chas you would never want to say that to your husband. But you know what? Say, I know you don't mean it. I know you don't mean it, but I'm feeling uncomfortable. You don't know how many marriages could be saved by just that one line. I know you don't mean it, but I'm feeling very uncomfortable with that. I know you don't mean it. It has to be said both for men and for women. I can't tell you how many cases I have where just that simple directive can make such a big difference. I know you don't mean it, but I'm feeling very uncomfortable with that. I know you don't mean it. You know, if he comes over to you and says to you, at Shabbos table, there's no forks. Like, oh, look, uh, uh, Shifra, look, there's no forks. Like, you don't appreciate me. I know you don't mean it, but, but, but I'm really feeling uncomfortable. I feel un unappreciated by that. Not I, don't, I know you don't mean it, but you are disgusting. Not I know you don't mean it, but you don't care about me because all that is really blaming. That's blaming and that's taking your anger, using me to sadin and deciding what he is all about. So instead, I, don't, I know you don't mean it, but I'm feeling very uncomfortable with that. And that will lead you to a whole new door of Shalom Bayes, Mirin Hashem. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Reyes Greenfield, 917-397-2841. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing week.